This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. In today's workplace, we are facing a season right now where very many people are facing job loss or job insecurity. And in some cases, businesses have closed because of the pandemic and some of the challenges involved in keeping the business open. And in other cases, because of vaccine mandates that have come online in recent weeks, Some people are opting not to get vaccinated, which does impact whether they'll be able to continue in their current employment. We are seeing many people in hospital work and healthcare who are opting to leave their jobs and leave their roles because of the vaccine mandate. And many of those people will not be eligible for unemployment. So we are really facing a crisis when we think about what might happen to people in terms of their job opportunity. So with that in mind, it's a good time to be in the workplace again as a person who can encourage others who are walking through a very difficult season with respect to their job and their job choices. Here's the thing to keep in mind. Each person will make a decision based on their own individual circumstances and the circumstances of their family and what they think is best for them and what they think is best for their family. And of course, there are consequences to all of those decisions. So in some cases, they may no longer be able to work in the current place where they are working. And what is important to remember and to share with people is that with every crisis that they face and every crisis that comes along, there will at the same time be an opportunity that they can leverage, an opportunity that they can create. In most cases, you won't necessarily see that opportunity right away. It can take some time before you get a chance to see it. Though it is true that as some doors close, other doors will open. So you want to be able to provide people with information and alternative perspectives from what they may be thinking and to serve as a sounding board as they're going through what feels like an insecure time. And they may be wondering, how are we going to pay our mortgage? How are we going to get food? How are we going to do many things? they may be wondering about. And I'll say this, sometimes it may seem that the circumstances are such that we've been forced to leave when we might have chosen not to leave at that particular time. And what I would say is that everything happens for a reason and there's a grander narrative to each person's life Many people have come back to a workplace, for example, after having been terminated and fired, and they'll say to that boss, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Or because a job may have closed down or something has shifted and they had to create a new way. And again, they come back and say, I never 
would have stepped out like that. I never would have created what I created had it not been forced in some ways by the circumstances. So I'll just share something personal. I remember some years ago, I was working for an organization. And one day I was coming back from lunch and I was approaching the building. And as I was walking up the driveway and towards the front door of this workplace where I worked, I had the strong sensation that I wouldn't be working there very much longer. There was no reason for me to think that. And yet the thought came to my mind and I thought, well, that's strange. It was one of those insights that you don't just shake out of your mind. I certainly didn't shake it out of my mind. I filed it away and said, there must be a reason why that came to me. And I just thought about it. At the moment, that's all I heard. There was nothing that said, pack your bags and leave today. So I didn't. And I continued working there as I had been all along. Not long after that, there was a person who was hired, who was to be my boss or supervisor on this job. And it just so happened that this person was very unskilled in leadership, very unskilled in management, and didn't know how to talk to people at all. It was a really drastic situation. And I thought to myself, I don't have to take this. There's no reason for me to stay as a professional person and be treated with this level of disrespect. And so I made efforts to have conversations with this person about what would be more appropriate and what I would appreciate. And at the same time, they continued in their level of disrespect. Simultaneously, what was also going on is that my husband was on a military assignment that was off-site and in a different state from where I was living at the time. And my mother was also far away, about 1,800 miles away, and she was seriously ill with a long-term illness. In both cases, I needed to have the flexibility on my job to travel by plane to visit my husband about once a month, to travel by plane to visit my mother once a month to help relieve my brother who had the day-to-day burden of taking care of her and to give him relief once a month. And the job that I had was a a six-day-a-week job, wasn't very flexible, and it was difficult to plan ahead because my schedule could be changed at a moment's notice. And of course, when you're planning flights, and this was years ago when flights were even less flexible in terms of planning, that was a very difficult thing to do. So I realized that a number of circumstances had converged, which said, now is the time to go. And so I tendered my resignation from that organization, although I had not been planning to do anything of the sort. And I remembered back to that day when I was coming from lunch and I got that message, you won't be working here for very much longer. So just keep in mind that always there's an element of faith that is a part of these circumstances. And we can't always see that far down the road to find out what else is going to happen or why this might be in our best interest or to our benefit. And I'm thinking about Moses when after killing the Egyptian, he left Egypt because he couldn't stay there any longer. His life was certainly in danger after killing the Egyptian. He didn't know exactly where he was going. He just knew he had to leave the home that he was raised in. 
he finds himself in the land of Midian, and as I call it, on the backside of the desert. And he was there for 40 years, which is a long time. And during that time that he was on the backside of the desert, he had gotten married, he had had a couple of sons, and God is perfecting in him his shepherding ability and is preparing him for the day when he would bring him back to Egypt to bring the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery and into the promised land. I'm sure when he left Egypt, he wasn't imagining how his story really would unfold. He couldn't see that many steps down the pathway, nor do we usually see all of those steps down the pathway either. So you really won't know how it's all going to work out in advance. What does happen is that you do get confirmation along the way. So even that message as I was coming back from lunch was a piece of the message that I was supposed to get. And then later, after I had resigned, and I'm my first week in the new business that I had set up at that time, at that time, fax machines were still a big deal. I had just installed the fax machine into my office. No one knew my number. I hadn't given it to anyone. I received a fax that was telling me about a job opportunity. And the way it all played out, I said, you know what? God, you even know where I am right now and in this season of my life. And even though, in my mind, no one knows my fax number, the first day the fax machine is set up, I get a message. And it was just reassurance to me that I see you, I haven't forgotten you, the same as I've provided for you up till now, I will continue to do even as you move forward in your life. And you want to remember the same is also true for you as well. And you can share these kinds of lessons and insights with those in the workplace. And you can share with them some of your own stories of how God has brought you through many circumstances and scenarios and changes in the workplace that you weren't pursuing or even expecting at the time. In my personal case, in leaving that employer, another bonus that came out of it was that I ended up unexpectedly having an opportunity to provide some contracted services back to that employer as I was establishing my new direction in a forward way. That was not something that was known that would happen. It wasn't something that they had previously tended to do in the past, and yet that was an opportunity that I had. So you don't know again, what additional doors will open or what opportunities you will have as you move forward into the future. Nevertheless, even as we move through all of these things, there are some emotions to conquer and some emotions to deal with and to get over. And some of those might be fear or anxiety. And here's what I want you to know about fear and anxiety. When you're in fear and when you're in anxiety, it actually constricts your mindset and constricts your creativity. So even if the open doors were all around you, you might not see them from a state of fear or a state of anxiety. So it's very important to remember the power of operating from a position of hope and a position of possibility 
reminding yourself of the stories in your own life when you've gotten through some difficult circumstances. And if you're talking to someone in the workplace, getting them to reflect in their own lives when they've had to take some difficult steps and it all worked out in the end, although at the beginning it seemed daunting and as though it would not work out. And if someone doesn't have those stories, by all means, share other stories with them from other people or share your own so that they know it is possible to get through a season of challenge of this magnitude. I remember in 2008, when we had the financial crisis, and particularly it was global, but it was particularly severe in the United States. And on a particular day, and I remember this very vividly, it was Veterans Day in 2008. Everything that I had booked for 2009 canceled on that day. Every client called and said, we're no longer going to do this. We're no longer going to do that. Cancel, cancel, cancel. And typically, I had been booked up at least a year in advance. And now here I am not knowing what I'm even going to do the next month, let alone in the next year. I had no idea how I would get through 2008, how I would get through 2009. And it took quite a while to rebuild the business after all of these scenarios occurred. However, I did rebuild the business and it was stronger on the back end than it had been on the front end because of what I learned and going through this crisis, and also what I put in place as greater cushions of safety for the next time. So when the pandemic hit, and I had to go from 80% on the road to 100% virtual, I remembered the lessons from 2008. I was not passive. I didn't sit around and wait for anything to happen. I started creating the new business and what I wanted to see happen in this new season. So when you have people in your workplace who are going through a season like this, they too can take charge of their own lives and create a pathway forward if they keep the hope and if they keep the optimism and the possibility mindset top of mind and as part of the scenario going forward. So I want us to remember several things today. And one is, I want us to think about something that the psalmist said in Psalm 37, 25. And this is David sort of reflecting on his life. And he's gotten to the latter part of his life. And he's remembering what he's seen over the years. So this is Psalm, the 37th chapter, starting with verse 23. And it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. So what I want us to remember in these verses is that whatever steps you're taking, 
if you belong to God, those steps are ordered by God. He knows your next step, your every step. Nothing is surprising to him. And though you have a challenge now, though you may fall down, you will get back up. You won't be forsaken. You won't be abandoned. And even as David says, he's never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. He's not saying that you won't have hard times or that you might not even have to ask for a crust of bread. He is saying, though, that when you do, God will provide. If you have to beg, you will receive. Whereas someone who's wicked, they may beg all day and they may not receive anything. And it doesn't mean that you won't be poor. You might be poor in this life. And yet at the same time, God is with you. You are not abandoned. So there's a lot of hope in these verses when we think about it from that point of view, because it is the righteous who are going to inherit the land. And so we can take some solace in that. I also want to share with you reflection and reading from the New Covenant that's also very powerful. And this comes from Matthew, the sixth chapter, because we want to know that God knows in advance and already everything that we need. Nothing takes him by surprise. So in Matthew, the sixth chapter, he's reminding people not to worry about food, shelter, and clothing. And this is how it reads. He says, therefore, I say to you, and this is Jesus speaking, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So let's keep that in mind. If we are focused on God and where he is leading us, and what's important is his agenda for our lives. He will do all the worrying about food, shelter, and clothing. And guess what? He's not worried about it because he stands ready and prepared to provide. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, 
Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.